And afterward, Moses and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and besides, I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please, let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Otherwise, he will fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you draw the people away from their work? Get back to your labors. Again, Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now many, and you would have them cease from their labors. So the same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters over the people and their foremen, saying, You are no longer to give the people straw to make bricks as previously. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. But the quota of bricks, which they were making previously, you shall impose on them. You are not to reduce any of it, because they are lazy. Therefore, they cry out, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let the labor be heavier on the men. And let them work at it so that they will pay no attention to false words. So the taskmasters of the people and their foremen went out and spoke to the people, saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I am not going to give you any straw. You go and get straw for yourselves, wherever you can find it. But none of your labor will be reduced. So the people scattered through all the land of Egypt to gather stubble for straw. The taskmasters pressed them, saying, Complete your work quota, your daily amount, just as when you had straw. Moreover, the foremen of the sons of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked, Why have you not completed your required amount, either yesterday or today, in making brick as previously? Then the foremen of the sons of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh, saying, Why do you deal this way with your servants? There is no straw given to your servants. Yet they keep saying to us, Make bricks, and behold, your servants are being beaten, but it is the fault of your own people. But he said, You are lazy, very lazy. Therefore you say, Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. So go now and work, for you will be given no straw. Yet you must deliver the quota of bricks. The foremen of the sons of Israel saw that they were in trouble, because they were told, You must not reduce your daily amount of bricks. When they left Pharaoh's presence, they met Moses and Aaron as they were waiting for them. They said to them, May the Lord look upon you and judge you, for you have made us odious in Pharaoh's sight and in the sight of your servants, to put a sword in their hand to kill us. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you brought harm to this people? Why did you ever send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done harm to this people. And you have not delivered your people at all. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. Setback or sure plan? What happened here? What happened? Uh, going back, God preserved and prepared his servant Moses. God called him when he was 80 years old. 80. Can you imagine? God's call coming upon this old man. Moses. You will deliver my people Israel. And he said, me? I am no one. 
He wasn't no one. He was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was adopted by the daughter of Pharaoh. However, 40 years taking care of sheep would make you feel like you are nobody. But God has prepared him. One, his education in Egypt would help. But aside from that, he would be learning humility. 40 years learning humility. I am nobody. Therefore, he would learn to trust in God alone. Moreover, he came from a family of Levites, where his father was also a leader of their clan. Israel is a nation with many clans. Though they, are not, they were not yet a nation with leaders and laws as organized because they were slaves under Pharaoh. God, to make the long story short, God convinced Moses. Moses agreed after much debate. Finally, he said yes. After he was given a partner in ministry, Aaron, his brother, elder brother of three years. Moses then spoke to the Israelite leaders as God instructed. Of course, it was Aaron being the spokesperson. The son of Pharaoh's daughter who became a fugitive and a lowly shepherd would then address Pharaoh. Remember in last week's message, when they came to the people of Israel, the people of Israel rejoiced. God remembered us and they bowed low. They bowed low physically bowed low, and their hearts bowed low, and they worshipped God. But then just one chapter after, Israel would suddenly change. So Moses faced the king of Egypt because the Lord commanded him to do so. Perhaps for Moses, this was suicide because the king of Egypt then was the most powerful man on earth. The most powerful man on earth at that time in that area. It's like facing the superpower of today and challenging the leader. God equipped Moses with supernatural capabilities in order to display his power to the most powerful ruler in the era. Otherwise, Moses would not dare. When he found God equipped him, God assured him, with Aaron, he went forward. Of course, he settled his family issues like we talked about yes, last Sunday uh, when Doc Steve preached to us and the other preachers preached to you in the different services. He had to settle family issues. He had to say a courtesy goodbye to, to Jethro or Reuel. Jethro is the title. Reuel is the, is the name. Jethro Reuel and said, I have to go. And he blessed him. And after he left, another family issue would be settled, which would be the circumcision of, of their son. And Zipporah circumcised their son. It was awkward, really, because if you think by the number of years Moses was there, this son would probably be 30 years old. And mommy would take a flint. You know flint? It's a sharp stone and use that to circumcise her probably 30-year-old son. It was a time when probably some scholars think that Moses was sick or Moses suffered an injury, but the language was God came to kill Moses to show that what? He takes circumcision seriously. He took the Abrahamic covenant seriously. But the attack wasn't really to kill Moses, even though scripture would say 
God went to kill Moses, it was to settle a family issue. Probably, some scholars would say that, that Zipporah, the wife, did not agree with the circumcision of their son because she was a daughter of the priest of Midian. On the other hand, probably it was Moses' neglect. But whatever it was, Zipporah saved the family from death, from at least one death. So that was settled. So it is good to settle family issues if we want to continue serving the Lord in a larger scale. And of course, the reunion with Aaron. They were connected with one another and they were willing to help. Now, the expectations were high. The expectations of Moses and the Israelite leaders were perhaps high, but it would turn into disappointment. Ever felt that way? With your expectations so high and then you end up disappointed. Have you ever experienced at least once? Oh, you have not, so fantastic. Uh, maybe you tame your emotions quite well. I will not be excited, maybe nothing will happen anyway. So, uh, but yes, sometimes it excites us. Some people are so excited with their birthdays, if there was no surprise, they get disappointed, right? Well, as time goes on, as you grow older, you get more, you know, not that a big deal anymore. However, gentlemen, may I warn you but that anniversary, especially wedding anniversaries, is still a big deal no matter how many years you've been married. Amen? They were disappointed. First day of work, Moses experienced a setback. Or was it a setback? God is a God of plan and purpose. One thing you would understand studying Genesis, Exodus, and the rest of the Bible, that God is a God of plan, and his plan is long-term. The fall of man, Adam and Eve in the garden. The days of Noah, so evil. Destroyed the earth except Noah's family. In the Tower of Babel, God would show mercy at this time. Instead of destroying the whole world, he would show mercy and instead confuse their languages. They, were, they spread all over the earth as God commanded Noah and as God commanded Adam. Spread throughout the earth. But they said, no, we will not. We will stay here. We will build a city in defiance to the command of God. But then God would change their languages. They could not understand one another. So the natural thing to do was to separate from one another. But then immediately God called Abraham for what? That he might be a blessing so that he may bless the families of the earth. Which families? The families that were scattered. Remember the context, chapter 12 came after chapter 11. Within the context, there's a reason. And that's how we study scripture. Before you put meaning in any of the words, you look for the meaning within the text. The text before, the text after, and the whole book before you jump to conclusions. So I would say, and many scholars would say, it is to bless those who are scattered. And yes, until today we are doing that, trying to bless. Through Christ, the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant would happen. A nation must be born from Abraham. This would be Israel. And Israel, for many years, would prepare the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. God plans, the plans of God are long-term. Say long-term. Long -term. 
It's not like today. Everything seems to be instant, right? Once upon a time, you have to write a letter, a literal letter, put it in an envelope and mail it and wait for a month for them to reply. Or sometimes a few weeks and sometimes they can't reply immediately because they're busy and oh, oh my, somebody wrote me a letter. I forgot to answer. Then you wait for a month. In those days, we learned to be patient. In these days, you send a text message or a messenger from somebody half around the world, and if they don't respond immediately, we think, what's wrong? What's wrong? They, I emailed them already. We want things that are instant. Lord, I pray for this now. I want your answer yesterday, Lord. Lord, this is my prayer. I'll make this happen tonight, Lord. Tonight, tonight. We are so eager for instant things. In the same way, we want instant noodles, right? We want fast food, which is instant. The chef doesn't have to cook for you. It's just right there, really pre-packed already. Instant. Before, we would chop those kamote and fry them. Now, we just buy the chips, right? Once upon a time, we slice those nice uh, bananas into thin crepes, fry them, and enjoy it. Now, you just go to the grocery and buy chips. Instant. Everything is instant right now. Once upon a time, they would uh, brew ale. They would brew their own beer at home. They would brew their own coffee. Right now, it's instant coffee, right? And instant beer, right? Therefore, life is also instant Shorter lives because everything instant. Here Moses was saying, Lord, why have you called me? Ever since I spoke to Pharaoh, the people have suffered. Why? So, and you have not delivered Israel. Daring prayer. Let's go back to the story. Number one, Moses and Aaron spoke God's message to Pharaoh. Let my people go. On a three-day journey in the desert so that they may celebrate a feast for me, says God, through Moses and then through Aaron. But Pharaoh refused and said, I do not know your God. Look at this character carefully, all right? Look at this character carefully. As we study this story, look at this character. For this character did not know his history. For a ruler who does not know his history is a fool, I would say. Why? Everybody must learn from history. The God of the Israelites were the one, was the one who delivered Egypt from famine. And a former pharaoh honored Joseph. Regardless if you are a new pharaoh and you don't care about your history, or maybe you replace a ruler you did not agree with, it doesn't matter. You must acknowledge the powers that be. <coughs> and one of the powers, or the power, was God himself. I do not know this God. Are you pharaoh? You do not know this God? You don't know what he has done for your soul? You didn't know why you should serve God. 
Do you know why you serve God? Do you know why we must surrender? Do you know why we must follow Him? Do you know the good things He has done for us? Do you know His promises found in the Holy Scriptures? Would you know? That's why I encourage you to study Scripture. Study with me. If you have not taken the Roman road, please join me here in August 12 and 21, part 1. And part two. How many have been to the Roman Road Retreat? Raise your hand, please. Come on, raise your hand. Okay, God is good. Were you blessed? I was blessed. People were blessed. It's an amazing thing if you're rooted in the Word of God. One of the brothers said, was sharing to me after, still overflowing. Because after teaching for a whole day, some of my friends here, we we did videoke just to let off some steam from me. And one of the brothers there said, wow, every pastor should know this, should know Romans. They cannot be pastors if they don't know Romans. Brother, I agree with you. That's why we do what we do. Everybody must be grounded well in God's word, not just knowing verses and repeating God's word. No, no, it's understanding the meaning of the authors. It's not just quoting verses. It's not not just repeating what the Bible says, but sharing what the Bible means by understanding the intention of the author and what it meant at that time before you even come to the application for this time. So if you think you know a lot of scriptures, but you just quote here and there without truly understanding the meaning, I suggest you join us in humility as we all humble ourselves before God and say, Lord, we want to learn more. Pharaoh did not know God. Instead, what was Pharaoh's reaction? You lazy people. Huh? He told his taskmasters, Ing, do not give straw anymore for bricks. Huh? No. Same quota, don't provide the materials. Let them find their own straw. So the foremen, the leaders of these groups, tasks, came to Pharaoh and shared their sentiment. But Pharaoh rejected their request. He said, have mercy. Please, please, don't do this to your servants. So what happened after that? Here's what happened. Moses said, let God's people go. Pharaoh's reaction was not, okay. No, no, no. He would not give up without a fight. In fact, God warned Moses. This guy's heart is hard. Previously, God already warned Moses, but Moses was looking for that instant thing. Some people think ministry is instant. Instant ministry. You don't think it, but you act that way. You think you just say, oh, why don't we start a a work there? Without the proper fundamentals, I'm telling to you, there's more stress in it than joy for you. Yes, we must sacrifice, but there must be deep meaning in joy in that. It might as well be biblical and strategic. Some people just charge, 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 charge. Oh, I have an idea. Let's do this. Uh Uh-uh. You see, if something goes wrong in my own life, I would say, there are many things, times, I did not ask God. I thought it was good. I just did it. Oh, I have a good idea. Let's do this as a ministry. Boom, attack. Then it all goes wrong. Then I pray and, well, because I did not 
Consult the scriptures and consult God long enough. But if ever I know that I know that I know that God wanted something done and God has shown me through scripture something I can apply in this ministry, I have to be consistent no matter what, even though it seems that there are setbacks because these are not real setbacks for God. This was all part of the plan. They complained against Moses. You see, first they rejoiced. Oh, Moses and Aaron are here. Oh, praise be to God. After, in the next chapter, because of you. Can you imagine the quick change? Okay, you're not Pharaoh maybe, but are you Israel? You rejoice, then suddenly blame. Are you that type of a Christian? Oh, praise God. The message was great. We are blessed by our leaders. Then he, they put up something, some setbacks happen. It's because of them. Are you that? Oh, reflect carefully. Reflect carefully, my friends. They blamed them for giving Pharaoh an excuse to kill the Israelites. Moses humbled himself before God to ask, Why? Why did this thing happen? You know, one thing I've learned in Christ is, when I ask why, he will not always answer. He will not always explain immediately. Because in the next chapter, God ignored this request. Why? Perhaps, I don't know what's in the mind of God, but he would say, I already told you he would, he's, he's not, I already told you. you. Did you forget what I, my word? Who this guy is? That he will reject you? Oh, he didn't say anymore. God didn't say anymore. He just didn't say anything. In fact, if you go to the next chapter, he said, go to Pharaoh. Oh, forget who blames you. Focus on the work. Focus on the work of God. So, God did not answer Moses about those people who blamed him. In chapter, chapter 6, go to Pharaoh again, and then I'm going to raise a plague of blood. And the plagues would start. The work must continue. The design of God must continue. And it will. God is good. You know, if you know, according to Scripture, what must be done, it's according to the guidelines of Scripture, and you pray and hear God's message, and then consult with other people. Remember, the counsel of many brings victory. Godly counsel brings victory. Don't do things on your own. I think this, therefore, everybody follow. No, it's good to ask, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? If you just keep doing it, doing it, doing it, it's good to hear God, be grounded in God's word, hear God and do it. Even if you encounter setbacks, those are not real setbacks. It's still a sure plan. God is just showing you something. But if you do things on your own and you encountered setbacks, that's your fault. It's our fault. Understood? So it's good to know God's word. Not just, again, not just quoting little cute verses here and there. 
Next time when you post a verse in, in, in Facebook, that's wonderful. But learn to explain the meaning of it based on the text and the context, please. All right? Some of us seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What's the context? It's on the Sermon of the Mount. Right? It's in the book of Matthew. Who is Matthew? Matthew. What was the theme of the book? The king of the Jews is here. It is addressed to the Jew. How does it apply to it? It still applies to us. Learn the context, please. It's not good when I hear some of you debate, with, which is hollow. What's hollow? Walang laman. You just repeat verses without understanding the meaning. So I encourage you, take time to learn, to study. Be grounded in God's word. Let's go to specific applications. Number one, expect opposition and setbacks when we do the will of God. All right? God did not promise that you will be problem-free. Okay? No, 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 no. Please, please, please. When you don't have problems, you are no longer off this earth. You're dead, man. Only a dead guy has no problems. He doesn't even care where he's going to get buried because he's dead. You give him food, he won't eat because he's dead. But please don't rush to die because you don't want to have problems anymore. Life is good. And you know the thing about problems, I see problems as sparring partners. Because I know it is God's story that's being told. And I have a part of that story. Moses is a part of a larger story. He's a small story in a large story. The largest story is Jesus Christ. The minor story is Moses. Still major for the Jew, but compared to Christ, he is a minor story. And we are all minor stories. But however, each story is important in the plan of God. So whatever happens in my life, setbacks, good things, negative things, worse things, terrible things, the only thing to do for me is to trust God. Lord, I will go through your process. There, is, there would be opposition. Serve God, my friends, and you will encounter opposition. Oh, that's guaranteed. If you were never opposed because of your obedience, your faith that leads to obedience, then you're playing it safe. You don't want to offend anybody. I'm not saying go find somebody to offend. I'm saying take a position with your faith without trying to offend anybody, but you being you, grounded in scripture, the words you say, the things you do cannot be denied. You are distinguished from others. There will be opposition. So what do you do? Welcome the opposition. That's why it's good to be in growth groups. Because when we hear the prayer request, you find out you're not the only one with a problem, right? Isn't it good to be in the company of people with problems? <laughs> because that's the reality of life. Each one has it. Each one just in a different journey. God is just dealing with this person in a different way. That's why we don't judge one another. Because all of us do. 
have some form of problems and weakness. But once we share it, then we become stronger. Why? Because somebody prays with us and we are not alone in carrying the burden. Let's make sure the one you share to does not have the problem of gossip. There will be oppositions. So what do we do? Thank God. Okay, Lord. You know, at this time, because Moses was a newbie. First time he was rejected by Pharaoh. 40 years in the wilderness. Perhaps he became soft, right? He became too sensitive. Huh? He was too sensitive. He was rejected. Our Asians are sensitive. Don't you agree? Would you agree you are sensitive? Please, do not lie. Yes, you are. Knowing first that we are kind of sensitive people, touchy, ow, no limit, touch me not because it's painful. Knowing that, then we have to learn, okay, Lord, how do I overcome this, Lord? How do I overcome knowing this? You see, what will happen with Moses? What will happen with Moses is, he will get rejected so many times. He'll get used to it. He will come back into Pharaoh. Pharaoh, let my people go, says God. No. Plague. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, let the, release the plague. Stop the plague. Plague, stop. Then Pharaoh said, I changed my mind. You can't go anywhere. Then another time and another time. It, the process repeats itself. Moses gets used to it. Have, aren't you used to your problems yet? Another problem, you feel like the end of the world. She rejected me. Okay. Hey, when problems come, you take a deep breath. Okay, Lord, I'm in for the ride. What are you doing? I trust what you're doing. Me and my wife do it together. Okay, Lord, we'll take this on. You're with us. You're doing something. But we trust you. One thing in Christ and in God we've learned, he will sometimes bring you to a crisis to make you trust him. And sometimes, you know, when God would respond, sometimes at the last minute. You've experienced that, right? So why worry if he's going to respond in the last minute? <laughs> why? So I just remember the story of Exodus. I said, Lord, if you can open the Red Sea, then you can take care of this teeny-weeny little problem of mine. Okay? If you can, if you can send the, uh, the plagues... If you can send the manna from heaven to feed your people Israel. So you can take care of my life. Stop worrying. It distorts you. And it's not your best personality if you worry, right? How are you? It's not your pleasing personality that comes out. Because what's inside is hard to, to hide. Even though you try with the best smile, I'm okay. But after we turn, you go back to that face. 
You think I don't see that? I see that at the corner of my... You think I'm looking here and I don't see you? I see you perfectly. <laughs> and you. Shepherds are trained that way to scan and to pray. Setbacks. Are you Israel? Are you Pharaoh? Are you Moses? You'll get used to it. I hope you get used to it. Okay, problem done. What's next, Lord? <laughs> if you can overcome a lot of your personal problems, God will start giving you the problems of the world for you to solve. And that's when you begin to make a difference. Moses was only praying for Israel. He was not praying for his he is not focused on his personal problems. We will and we must. So I encourage you, everyone, young and old, learn to master the emotion. Learn to master it. Learn to stop it from feeling ill will. Learn to stop it from feeling anger and impatience. Oh, it's a lifetime process. And I'm not done with, even with my process. <laughs> I'm not done. I, was, I had a little reunion with a few friends in Tagaytay. And we had a wonderful time reminiscing what God has done and thinking of possibilities in the future. So these were people that me and my wife mentored. And they are amazing leaders today. One time in a car, I didn't have socks and we were supposed to go bowling. I haven't played bowling in eons. So, okay, how does this work? But I didn't have socks. You have to have socks because you need to use the shoes of, of the bowling alley. You cannot use your own shoes there. The floor is too nice. So I didn't have socks. And one of them said, Kuya, Kuya, I have socks. I said, whoa, no way. I said, no, 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 it's brand new. I haven't used it. Really? I haven't used it. Okay, if you haven't used it, then uh, we thought the bowling would not push through, but it pushed through the next day. And I was giving back the pair of socks, still in nice plastic. Uh, we were in a car. They were in a car. I was outside the car from another car. I w went back to their car and said, here's a pair of socks. No, 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 it's yours. It's yours. So I, I said a nice little thing. Wow, that touched my heart. Then one of the brothers there, oh, kuya, natatouch pala heart mo. <laughs> it was sarcastic, of course. Because <laughs> one of the things I taught them early, no matter how strong your feelings are, you need to watch it. Do not be quick to conclude. No, no, stop first, relax. Moses was too... Why have you not delivered Israel? He was thinking immediately, now. Lord, I shared the gospel. How come there's no change yet? We went to a place, so many people we preached, many came forward. Now they're nowhere to be found. You think you come, you preach, they come. that's it? The long-term part is building that relationship and making them trust in the Lord. Grow with you and follow with you. 
Follow Christ with you. That's the longer part. And that's the harder part. Of course, the other harder part is to be a model. <laughs> and I don't mean to be a ramp model, okay? I do mean to be a model in word, in deed, in action, in the private life, in the public life. And that's not easy. But that's the thing that God wants us to do. Number two, situations may get worse before they get better. We must endure and prevail despite the suffering or the blame. Do not allow situations seemingly good or seemingly bad to dissuade you from obeying God's word. This is God's word. We follow it. Simple as that. I don't bow to idols. Therefore, that's it. End of discussion. Bible doesn't like intermarriage with idolatry from the old to the new. Therefore, done decision. Amen? You don't say, oh, I, don't, I feel like uh, I, I have to find a way to reach it. <laughs> Founded, anchored, immovable. Once I learned that, I can trust that he will do his will in his way around me, in front of me, behind me. I can trust him because I followed him to the dot. Moses can trust God because he's following God. God says, go, he goes. He said, tell Aaron to do this, he would do it to the dot. If we can do the word of God to the dot, we can trust. Past, future, goals, achievements, relationships, we can trust God. No matter how worse it becomes, so can my life get any worse? This is really bad already, Pastor. Can it get any worse? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. We have or haven't suffered as much as Christ. That's in the Bible too. We have suffered, but not to the point of blood. But what if it gets worse? Trust God. You can then, okay, Lord, I suffer. Let me suffer. It's all right. This is just human body. Like Paul would say, this is just me. To die is gain. To live is for Christ. So what if I suffer? This is just a, a, an earthly body. First, if you have the mindset, you can go through it. But from the start, you don't have the mindset. If you don't have the mindset of Scripture, when trials come, you suffer more. You suffer more. Anguish, emotional, mental. <laughs> and you're going to blame God? Why, Lord? Why? Why did you allow this to happen to me? Understand Romans, brothers. Understand Genesis. Then you will appreciate that his plan is long term. Trust in God's process, number three. Lean not in our own understanding. God operates in the supernatural, not the natural. He goes beyond how we can analyze. Our way of thinking is limited. His is unlimited. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So please stop. Our analysis can only go so much. We can, if you know scripture, analyze by scripture, 
But even that, you will finally fall into God's will be done. Sometimes his ways I cannot understand yet, but I will trust him. But the first thing is to admit that our way of thinking has limits. You clearly know that when you're in school, right? Teacher keeps discussing excitedly about the math problem. And you're like, hmm, what in the world is it talking about? <laughs> I mean, this is another form of Greek to me. He's just enjoying himself there. While we suffer in a language of not understanding, you know you have limits in your mind sometimes. But then you appreciate once you understand the math problem, oh, <laughs> you are happy. I got it, I got it, I got it. Life in God's plan in your life, in, our, in my life, in our lives, it's so much higher. The, the story, it's so much longer. We play a part. In our 80 years, 100 years on earth is a small part. But we must play our part in the kingdom of God. God is a supernatural God, so we have to trust him. Faith allows us to look beyond what we see or feel with our human senses. What I see, what I feel, what I taste, what I smell. Faith goes beyond what the human senses can, can, can get, can understand. Because God cannot be sensed with humanity. He can be sensed by faith. We can trust him, and that is faith. You see, each of our lives, God would like to do something. That's why he invites us to him. Even Jesus said, come to me if you're burdened, heavy laden. I will give you rest. Come to me. For my burden is light. He didn't say no more burden. He just said it's light. Compared to your burden alone, go to him. He'll give you a new burden. <laughs> it's not burden free. We have to deny ourselves. But what Jesus is saying, that's easier from the suffering you'd have without God. So he invites us to have faith in what he did on the cross. He died for us. He lived for us. He died for us. He rose from the dead for us. And he says, come to me. Give me your life and I'll share to you this life. I'll share to you the benefits of my death and resurrection. But not only that, I share to you all things. And that is the great exchange where your life is exchanged for his life. If you receive his life, you must surrender your life. In essence, it is free. What? I have to give my life? How is that free? Imagine if I have a wallet here. And for example, just for example, you know me to be a rich man, for example. And I say to you, my friend, I want to make you happy today. Give me your wallet, what's in your wallet, the cash there, and I'll give you the cash in my wallet. Assuming that I'm a rich man, practically, would you agree? On the practical level, not on the spiritual level, because you might play pious. 
Not on the practical level. Would you agree? Anytime. I have this friend in Metro Manila I visit. I always agree to his proposal. When he is here, I spend. When I'm there, he spends. Why I agree? The restaurants there are more expensive. <laughs> I mean, one meal, 3,000 for the two of us, is crazy. For me spending it, it hurts, right? <laughs> me spending here 500 for two of us, just normal, right? <laughs> I agree. Why? Practically speaking, I get more out of it. Here's the truth. Some people don't see it. But when you once you surrender your life in repentance and faith to Christ, you actually got more than the bargain. Why? Your life is meaningless. You cannot die and save somebody's sin. No, 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 no. In the larger context, it's meaningless. That's what Ecclesiastes said. Meaningless, meaningless. Therefore, I invite you this morning... Friends, if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, I invite you right now to say in your heart, I repent of my sins, Lord. I believe in what you did. I want to embrace all that you are and what you've said. My life is yours as I receive the life you already gave for us. Let us all stand and let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. If you are that person here, speak to God. Just speak to him from your heart. Say, I surrender, Lord. I surrender all. My life is yours. My mind is yours. My emotions are yours. My words are yours. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. I repent of my sins. I want to trust you. Show me how. I want to trust your word. Father, thank you. Father, I pray for your people. Lord, we have obeyed you to the dots for many of us, but there are setbacks. Teach us to trust you. Teach us to trust you. That we are part in this process. Allow us to learn what we need to learn. Teach us to be patient. Continue the work, yet being patient with the results. For sometimes fruit may come in a year or two or more. But teach us to be persistent in serving you. And Lord, allow your ministry to grow in your way, in your time. You said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we trust you, Lord. Build your people. Build us. And for the times we went ahead of you and things went wrong. Forgive us, Lord, for being too abrupt, too much in a hurry. Forgive us, Lord. We do not want to repeat those times again. We want to be grounded in your word and we want to follow your voice, the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I pray for every family, that you bless every family here, that you strengthen every family.
that you ground every family in your word. That each family would not be rash. For the book of Proverbs said, those who are hasty makes mistakes, but teach us, Lord, to be patient. To understand your timing. When you say to us, go, we will go. When you say to us, wait, we will wait. When you say to us, just learn, we will learn. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Be glorified. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Amen.